Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Shackles Are Off podcast. It's James Gregg and Chris Millard with you once again. And as promised, post test one, little recap, little look back. The dust has settled. We're recording this actually on the Thursday after the first test match and the start of the women's ashes as well. Um, for those of you who are thinking, what are they doing? Why aren't they watching this? Well, play hasn't started yet. So Trent Bridge, place to be for that. Chris, though, we want to look back at Edgebaston. Um... I'll be honest, an amazing test match. I don't think that's it up for debate, really. But what a great week we had as well. What a great week. Everything was perfect, bar the result. But even that, we'll come on to that, but that might actually work in England's favour. Uh, just talk just talk to us about what a week you had as well, because it was it was brilliant from start to finish. From day one, Rooty scoring 100, the Ashes party, which we'll talk about, to, you know, obviously the final day where it was so, so exciting. You got the feeling the entire country was interested in it. It doesn't get a, a, lot, a great deal better than that. No, you're exactly right. It was a special, really special week, actually, the, the, during the test match. It was um, it was just such a far cry from the, the forgotten ashes that was in Australia 18 months ago. That first ball just summed it up for me. The Rory Burns clean ball first ball two, two years ago, whatever it was. And then Zach Crawley crunching one for extra cover for four. What a way to start the Ashes! What a way to set the tone! And I just, when he hit that four, it was like it was like we were sat there, weren't we? It was like yeah. a goal had been scored at a football match. It was exactly. absolutely bananas. It was brilliant. It was just you could just see so much excitement in the crowd. You could, you know, when you walk into a stand, and I guess this is very apparent in live sport, where you, you can just feel the tension, the anxiety, the excitement, and it's so exciting you just get a little lift and I think the players could feel that as well 
and we saw well what transpired over the course of the week was was pretty special it was fantastic cricket i i can't can't remember many test matches that it's gone literally 50-50 until the last 50 overs of the game last yeah. 10 overs of the game the last 50 runs of the game mm. it was still the roll of a dice wasn't it Winvis was changing bloody hell more times than Neil Warnock changes football clubs it was just absolutely <laughs> crackers so it was yeah very special very enjoyable and for Barmy Army as a, as a business I know it's not the result we wanted for England but for the Barmy Army wow we had record attendances on our tickets we had a fantastic working relationship with Edgebaston we sold blooming neck we must have sold thousands of bucket hats all around the ground very fairly priced i must say 30 pound for the ecb bucket 20 pound for the barmy bucket i saw a lot better. of army army buckets there you go it's it genuinely better it genuinely is um and then so good. it's just great what 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 fantastic and then barmy bingo i'll, I'll let you um wax lyrical about barmy bingo because uh, i i've been living and breathing it for the in the build-up to this your first experience you hosted it for us you did a fabulous job I usually slag you off, but you you were fantastic. You did a great job. It was a little bit of a um, fish out of water for us all, I think, running a, a crazy bingo night. We had a few choice words in the dress rehearsal when I had to get you loosened up, but just said <laughs> you, you, did, you did a brilliant job. So you tell us all about it. You know what? It was so good because when you in- initially introduced the concept, and I think probably if you listen back to the previous podcast that we did pre the first test, um, the not not kind of trepidation that's the wrong word probably the uncertainty in my voice was palpable to those listening when we were talking about barmy bingo and i'm billing it up as this big thing but i'm a little bit unsure i'm thinking am i gonna be all right doing this but you know what the whole thing was and i've said that i said this on twitter i've said it where else as well is that look me and you we've been doing this kind of stuff for god knows how long since uni doing little bits and pieces building bits and bits and bobs up doing events in Sri Lanka with Matt Pryor on stage to Cape Town on New Year's Eve and goodness knows yeah. wherever else, up in Sheffield, down in London, overnight Ashes party, all this kind of stuff. That that we did on Friday night was the best bar none for me. That, that It was just so, so good. The amount of people that came in, and this wasn't, you know, we can't t- take credit for the fact that people came in, England 300 nod declared, Aussies had, what, 15, 20 minutes batting on that first day. Everyone was in a great mood. The atmosphere was crackling. People queuing up to try and get some last-minute tickets to the Ultimate Ashes Party, Barmy Bingo. And, um, yeah, Chris Page on the DJ decks. Obviously, Finch, you'd been blowing the trumpet all day long in the hollies. <laughs> I mean, bless you, it was to be knackered. And then, you know, you were saying, come on, we're doing a little run-through before you're saying, you need an extra drink here, son. You need to get on the same level as all the crowd. And to be fair, <laughs> what a night it was. It was so, so good. Um, and I, and I'm, not, I'm not just saying this. For anybody listening, if you're thinking, what is this all about? Have a little look on the Barmy Army Instagram page. There's a great video. Just tries to kind of encapsulate it a little bit. And if you see any Ultimate Ashes parties advertised for the remainder of this Ashes series, um, I, I mean, just get your ticket. Like, just just get it. Don't even think about it. Whether you're at day one or day two or whatever it is, just get your tickets or Brilliant. So much fun. So, so much fun. Um, and, yeah, and it was a great, like, mix of a crowd. My favourite moment was when there was a few sort of relatives of players there, wasn't there? Uh, the likely culprit. But, actually, there was a great moment where we're singing the <laughs> Harry Brooks song uh, corresponding with his number for Barmy Bingo number 88. And his grandma 
was stood in the middle of the room singing her grandson's Barmy Army song really loudly. And everyone turned <laughs> it from Harry Brook to Granny Brook. And I thought that was fantastic. So, um, yeah, so many different moments for that. So that actually set the test match off onto a brilliant little trend. Look, w- w- me and you aren't cricket experts. I'm thinking anybody who's listened to the 80-odd episodes we've done of this podcast probably knows that. But hey. um, <laughs> but we're going to get Ryan Sidebottom on in just a moment uh, just to get his thoughts. Good old city, Ashes winner himself, legend. Uh, so, um, Chris, um, r- the rest of the summer, how does it look from your perspective? Um, because we've got a bit of a gap, haven't we? Quite nicely spread out just to prolong the Ashes fever throughout the summer of these test matches. So next one, Lords, um, not traditionally the uh, biggest uh, event for the Barmy Army of Lords test match, just by nature of, you know, the rules and regulations that are thrust upon us. But how's how's it how's it looking from your perspective? Because it's not going to be quiet from your side. No, it's, it's never a quiet day in the, during the Ashes. But um, just we've got the women's test that starts today, as you said. Thursday as we're recording this podcast we are we will be there we've sold tickets we've got quite a few people down there we'll be selling merchandise there we've got a correspondent there for all four days five days sorry working across Barmy Army um, social media channels Um, I'll be there tomorrow so I'm looking forward to going there it's actually my first taste of the women's ashes so I'm really looking forward to seeing that and a a sold out Trent Bridge as well to follow so um, looking forward to that and then Lords the week after it's um, not going to be as as crazy as Edgebaston for is granted, but again, we'll be re- we'll we'll be reporting on it like we do for every Test match. Um, I, I will be there on one of the days, which I'm looking forward to. Um, we have also got watch along events going on, so we've got a venue thanks to our partners at Stonegate, which is Clubhouse in Leicester Square, brand new venue, which is absolutely outstanding, by the way. And that is going to be open from the first ball to the last ball every day of the test match. We're promoting Barmy Army watch-alongs in there. Um, all Barmy Army first-class members get 20% off their first round of drinks. And let me tell you, in Leicester Square, I think that'll, that'll go <laughs> quite a long way. So um, it will be you know, it'll be fantastic in there. And on the Friday especially, we're doing a massive party, uh, watch-along party. So everyone, get in there for the first ball. Sky Sports are going to be there. Talk Sport are going to be there. We're going to be watching along all together. Finchie will be there with his trumpet. We'll be singing songs all together. And then we're going straight into an Ultimate Ashes party that evening. So um, there's lots going on, James, as ever. But that Friday, if you're going to do any day, if you're in London and you want to come along, I'd suggest that Friday at Clubhouse. Everything can be found on our website, barmyarmy.com or our social media pages. But that'll be Lords. Once we go one all at Lords, we'll be back on this podcast with another guest. And we'll be talking about our um, fantastic plans for ultra, uh, for Headingley. Yes. And, yeah, blimey. And how we're going to make it um, 2-1 Headingley. I've, I have so much confidence we're going to win this Lord's Test. No, I do as well. I think it does play into the hands. Also, you know, and, and like... I... There's, there's a lot of people, I'm not going to go on the rant, we talked about this yesterday, didn't we, kind of before the recording, I was saying, look, you know, there's a lot of people who come out of the woodwork who've not said a bean all the way through the test match and like to offer their negative opinion and if spots and maybes, everybody's entitled to an opinion. That we're, we're never going to argue with that. What I would say is, is that, you know, Jimmy was recovering from an injury. Ollie Robinson was recovering from an injury. Ben Stokes had barely played any red ball cricket. None of the guys had played any red ball cricket, but they looked so, so up for it, even like yeah. under the pump. I thought Pat Cummins' credit where credit's due was absolutely fantastic. Um, 
in that last hour. I know it pains me to say it on a Barmy Army podcast. He's just so good, isn't he? He's he just is. so good at cricket and nice. Yeah. No, he is. Yeah, he's he's one of the more tolerable ones, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> of the visiting party. But yeah, oh, yeah, so but you just think it was so, so close. Great advert for Test Cricket. We're going to talk with City in just a second. We'll get his thoughts on what Ben Stokes was saying and stuff post-match. But absolutely, it was it was brilliant. But I think that now those players have got themselves into that Test match groove. You're right. I can't really see anything in the than an England win at Lords. Right, I tell you what, we're gonna get City on. We'll talk to him about everything. First test here on the Shackle Rock podcast. Now we just want to quickly break away from the podcast just to talk about that brilliant destination that is County Durham or the city of Durham. Durham in general. Chris, you had a brilliant time in Durham last year. You might remember on previous podcasts that we waxed lyrical about it. You went up for an ODI, was it, with the rest of the Barmy Army team? And you were like blown away with what a fantastic couple of days you spent there. Talk to me about Durham. Fabulous. It was really hot as well. I think common misconception is that it's always a little bit cold in Durham. But every time I've been there, the last couple of years for cricket, it's been... An absolute scorcher. I think it was even the hottest day of the year on, on record last time we were there. So we, we had a fantastic time. We always do at Durham. What a lovely ground it is and what a lovely place. The people are just a bit friendlier than most of the rest of the country. I think perhaps that's a north-south thing because we're both northerners. But yeah. I think when you get to Durham, you do find the salt of the earth characters and they just love cricket. They're really passionate. You've got a really good cricket club um, in and around Chesley Street as well. And and what a great uh, town centre they've got. It's just a, a really good place to spend a day, one day, two days, three days. And I, I know this is an advert, but in all honesty, it's somewhere that I, I look out for in my calendar at the start of the fixture list and and pick that one out as a as a nice little break away from the, the craziness of all the other places we visit. Yeah, absolutely. So Chesterley Street this year, um, ODIs, obviously. It's a shame there's no Ashes Test match this time around. I know it has done in the past. Any county that is associated, by the way, with Mark Wood, Sirian Botham, Ben Stokes, probably soon to be Sir Ben Stokes himself, is basically, it's a brilliant place to be, right? And they do love cricket. Like you say, they've got a big thirst for it. Um, so if you do fancy visiting Durham, it's thisisdurham.com. And we're not just talking about the cricket either here, by the way, that Cracking little river with all the little bars and restaurants, local produce as well for the food. Great place to go. This is Durham.com. And um, what did you do extracurricular activities? Because we know that you like soaking in the test match and you're very, very busy. But um, talk to me about like what you did. I mean, did you go to some of the little local pubs? I'm guessing that you probably did. didn't just go back to the hotel room and read your book, mate. No, I didn't go back to the hotel room and read the book. I, I was actually joined by my partner on this trip as well. So we made a bit of a trip of it. We um we, we went all, all over the town centre, but we also went to the Beamish Museum, which is wicked for those of you that haven't been before. Um, it's a really fun day out. It's completely different to what you'd normally experience. We also um we also took a trip down to um some of the famous pubs, some very old pubs in Durham, by the way. Um, some some very famous pubs over there, so you'd be sure to check them out. I'm not going to specifically talk about each individual pubs, but um, I'm sure you'll have a great time frequenting them. There we go. So this is Durham.com. Get yourself up north where the weather and the people are always nicer. One of those may or may not be true. 
some test matches are just far better than others. And I've got to say that first test match was an absolute cracker. Although England were on the wrong side of it. So much to take pride about and, and look back on with, with sort of fondness, etc. Um, Ryan Sidebottom, England legend, joins us uh, on the Shackles Rock podcast. Uh, Siddy, great to have you on, mate. Great to have you on at Thanks, late notice mate. as well. Great uh, to be back. <laughs> it's always good to have you on, buddy. Um, you obviously soaked in a lot of that first test match. What are your initial thoughts? Now the dust has settled and we've had like, what, a couple of days to sort of just think about it and let the emotions settle down. What are you thinking? I mean, firstly, what I'll say is what an advert for test cricket. It was enthralling, wasn't it? Captivating, exciting, nerve-wracking. It had absolutely everything. And for it to go on the last hour, of the last day of a test match, Ashes test match was, and it could have gone either way. It was phenomenal, wasn't it? It was, it, it was everything you want to ask in in terms of test cricket. And I say, you know, yesterday I was I was at the races at Ascot, and um, so many people were coming up to me and going, you know, wow, we watched that. What a test match! It was amazing. You know, people on the train, you know, watching one single iPad, um, you know, listening and watching the test match. It was. It was brilliant, wasn't it? In a in a time where I think you've got IPLs and so much franchise cricket, and everyone's talking about Test cricket now, and and everybody's coming up to me going, "Who's going to win? What's the score going to be? Um, England, Dad is still going to play the same way, basketball like." And and honestly, it's been absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And I think I think now the dust settles. Obviously, people are always going to have their opinion, especially when England lose. Um, yeah. There's so many different connotations in terms of should they have done this, should they have done that. I, I just like the way England are going about the cricket at the moment. I'm not going to criticise. Yes, of course, look, there's the declaration, isn't there? There's bringing Moyne Ali in, you know, two years in the wilderness, retired from Test cricket. Was it going to work? Um, catches win matches and, and they dropped a few catches at crucial times. So, England could have quite easily won that match, easily. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's the beauty of Test cricket. So let's not criticise this team and get carried away from from where they were sort of two years ago to 18 months. You know, look at the difference. It's brilliant watching. You know, you've got people wanting to watch Test cricket now. And and for me, that is the number one, wanting to watch Test cricket because it is the pinnacle. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Do you think we've got another 2005 on our hands, City? I think, you know, I, I think we have. I, I really do. After that first test, and I just can feel it going to the last day. England have asked for fast, bouncy, flat wickets, haven't they, to sort of play that entertaining. So I think every game's going to go five days. I, I think it, it's brilliant. And I'm I'm so, honestly, I'm so excited. I love the first <laughs> test. Of course, I want England to win. You know, I'm not one of those old boys that goes, oh, uh, England have lost. That's brilliant. I, I really desperately want England to win and I love how they're playing the cricket. Yeah, it's good. I mean, Stokes, yeah, post-match, five minutes after, you know, do, doing all the all the usual suspects and in terms of the media and stuff, spoke so well, I thought. I know that obviously we're incredibly biased and we, we all, I think, as a three collectively, love it, like just love the way that he goes about his business. But he's, he's sort of saying, you know what, we're not a results-driven team. We want eyeballs on screens. We want bums on seats. We want ears listening to the radio. We want people reading about it and talking about it. And that's exactly what they've done. Is the part of, and this is me being, just flipping the other side of the coin a little bit here, 
there's part of Ben Stokes, isn't there? The winner that is Ben Stokes, the man who digs in when the victory is so close. We've seen him do it countless times in an England shirt that will have been thinking, ah, you know what? We've done everything there but win. Knowing Stokes as we do a little bit, I mean, he he's going to be even more fired up. So potentially losing that first test is going to make them really even more fired up than they already would have been for test two, three, four and five. Yeah, and I think Stoke, with Stokes, he's been accustomed to so many highs and, and lows throughout his career. And he's he's been there and done it so many occasions. And again, I love what his interview, it, it was honest. It was, you know, he told it how it was. And you don't kind of see that this day and age. And, and it was brilliant. I, I really enjoyed his interview. And I think, look, if that's the style they're going to play, they've stuck to it. That's what they're going to do. They're going to play attacking cricket. And you are totally right. Everybody is talking about, uh, and you know, any news about England cricket, Test cricket is good news. And the first day, you know, yeah. the declaration, you know, even I was a little bit, oh, is it, you know, maybe 60, 62 too short when, you know, Ruby was going well and, and they were, you know, smacking the runs around. But actually, everybody was talking about that declaration. And again, it's great for English cricket. You have to admit that. Yeah, you know we haven't spoken about England cricket team, test team in a, like this in a long, long time, and I, I'm yeah. just right behind the team. Of, of course, there's always this. I, I've got an opinion. No, I wasn't quite sure about the Moy and Alice election. Um, you know, Ben Fawkes again. Could you get Ben Fawkes in somewhere? Could you move the top order up one and maybe drop Zach Crawley? There's always those connotations of what, what if, and could we do that? And, and again. That is talking about Test cricket and talking about this England team. So for me, it's absolutely outstanding. I, I'm loving every minute of this team playing. It's great, it's, isn't it? Yeah, I agree with that. Oh. I just want to ask you, City, put yourself, Test match fast bowler yourself, put yourself in Pat Cummings' shoes when the, the last day, oh, sorry, whenever Rooty was in the second to last day, load of pressure on him to score runs here and get England to something, to a total where you think, okay, we're good there. What do you do? How do you feel as a fast bowler when he goes to reverse scoop you the first ball of a test match day? <laughs> There'd probably be a few rather large expletives coming out of my mouth. <laughs> or a little bit of some kind of abuse. And then yeah. they'd be like, oh my goodness, it's quite, I'm quite embarrassed now. I'm getting scooped for six first ball of a, of a, a morning <laughs> session in a test match. But I think the Australian bowlers, our bowlers now, will probably realise. Look, we, we've just got to keep doing our thing, and and not get carried away. And and if that's the shots they're going to play, you know, good luck to him. And and it's a great shot. And I think you've almost got to kind of take it on the chin a little bit. But with that, I've I've noticed that the Aussie bowlers and the England bowlers have got exceptional skills. There is skills have improved because of that, um, yeah. and they're having to think more. You know, you saw with the bouncers and then bowling a Yorker and, and how Robinson got Kawaja, you know, a couple of short deliveries, then a Yorker. Um, so I think bowlers are going to have to change. But I think if you get carried away, um, your head's going to go and I think you'll bowl even worse. So you, I think you've just got to keep plugging away, hitting that heavy length. Because if Rui's going to do that, I mean, wow. I mean, I mean, it's a percentage shot now, isn't it, as well? He's even yeah. said himself, he goes, the only way I'm going to get out is probably caught slip. 
And as a bowler, that would probably piss me off as well. One <laughs> of a better word. I mean, that's just taking the Michael, is it? It's like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I could only get caught. Like, All right, brilliant. That's great. Thanks. But yeah, I, I think it's wonderful. And, it, and it, you know what? Again, it, it's innovative. It's great to see. And and what I'll say for, for Joe is he's kind of, you know, he's coming to this team and there's a little bit of talk about Rui is a bit more old school and the style of batting. Yes, he's an amazing batsman. But he's kind of reinvented himself once again. He's taken himself to that next level. And yeah. I mean, he's arguably or the best batsman around the world at the moment and comfortably, you know, in the last 10 years. And again, you know, credit to him how he's changed his game to suit this England team. And he's done it so, so well. Yeah, awesome. Um, Siddy, uh, always great to get your thoughts. Just before you go, are you... Um, are you- Dusting the spikes off this summer, playing any charity stuff, any legends? Yeah, stuff? I'm doing a few. Yeah, I'm doing a few lashings games and PCA, and then I I, I might be going to India again for for a veterans <laughs> yes. IPL. But I might have to bowl a few more overs this time. Last time I turned up thinking oh, I'd be all right, I'll just turn my arm over, and it it couldn't have been further from the truth. They were all smashing the ball everywhere. But yeah, I'm excited. I, I'd still love my cricket. Look, as you guys do, and. You know, I, I love watching England cricket. You know, I've had my time and I'm really enjoying this team now, the way they're playing. It, it's brilliant to watch. And, you know, I'm very lucky to be hosting, you know, at each test match venue for four days at each each ground now. So I can't wait to watch this team and how it's going to pan out because it is going to be really exciting. It really is. And I'm so excited to be watching this team as well. Can we um, prize you out of the hospitality suites for an hour or two to sit with the trumpeter at Old Trafford? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, are we not going out for a bite to eat as well? We are. One, we are. Yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I we're, promise we're... I'll be on best behaviour. No, yeah. no Jager bombs <laughs> or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> right, it's, yeah, it's day one. We'll have to go steady. <laughs> if you well, believe yeah, yeah, that, you'll believe well, anything. Yeah, I'll come and uh, I'll come and sit with a, with a trumpeter and have a, have a, a bit of a banter with him. Yeah, absolutely. Well, of course, yeah, yeah. Legend. City, top man. Thanks for coming on. Cheers. Thanks for giving us your expert. Pleasure. Comment. Thanks for having us on. Cheers, Cheers. pal. Take care. Now we're just going to quickly break away from the podcast once more to tell you um, about something that, look, I'm, I'm gearing myself up here because I'm not in the same room as Chris. I don't think that's really a secret. I'm looking at him, though, looking very smart, sat at Barmy Army HQ, Little zip up polo type thing on looks really nice. I'm saying slobbing about like classic. So I'm going to ask that question, Chris. Where where have you got your gears from? Delighted to announce a new partner at the bar. House of Cavani have come to um, come to us with a new partnership. We are absolutely buzzing with this one because I think we all know that you you can't dress yourself. So. <laughs> Um, having menswear partners is, is a blessing to us. And, and House of Cavani really is a step up for us. The, the quality of stuff that they do there. I've actually been to a wedding recently. It was my sister's wedding. It was before we did this deal. So I wasn't able to access the first class member discount, unfortunately. However, I was in a House of Cavani suit and I looked the I looked the part, I think it's, it's fair to say. Um, not to be big headed or boasting, but it, it was a wedding. You've got to dress up for that. So whether it's a, a wedding, a job interview, formal event, or just your everyday office attire, like uh, what I'm wearing now, House of Cavani do have you covered. As I just mentioned, we have a discount code for first class members 
which is a code that I'm not going to tell you on air because you have to log into your membership account to access that. Barmy Army First Class members receive 25% off, which is massive when you're buying a suit or something nice and smart, or even just uh, something smart casual to wear out on the weekend. 25% off for Barmy Army First Class members. Generic code for, for podcast listeners for 10% off is Barmy10. Barmy in capitals and then 1010. So Barmy10 for 10% off anything on House of Cavani menswear, applicable to full price items only. Make sure, Greggy, the first thing you do after this call is don't be going on a rant on Twitter or anywhere <laughs> else. Get on House of Cavani and sort your blooming wardrobe out. Okay, noted. Thank you very much. House of Cavani and the code for every listener, Barmy10. That right, Chris? That's correct. Okay, we're done. We're, we're straight there. Great to get the thoughts of Ryan Sidebottom here on the podcast. What a legend. He's got, by the way, for those of you um, who do know Ryan Sidebottom a little bit and are familiar with his appearances on this podcast before, um, he has this amazing knack, Chris, of just popping up and just doing whatever we ask of him. He's so, so, what a legend. And we used to be scared of him. Do you remember when we were at uni in Leeds and yeah. we used to see him out and we'd, we'd be like, oh my God, that's Ryan Sidebottom because he's massive and he's stocky and he's... You know, whatever, but he's a lovely, lovely man and knows the game really well. Yeah, I know, mate. We're showing our age, aren't we? A little bit. (laughs) (laughs) So he was our heyday, heyday cricketer for us. But he was. What a, what a bloke. What a lovely bloke. You just, it never, I've spent a lot of time with him now and he's, he's one of my uh, pals in the cricketing world, but it never fails to surprise me that he's such a big, strong, hairy bloke and his voice is just so squeaky. <laughs> There's a lot of people there who will be listening to that thinking, is that Ryan Sidebottom or is that someone doing an impression? <laughs> um, yeah, great. Great to get his thoughts. We're going to get some of the uh, stars, if you like, on um, in some of our other podcast previews. Also, just a quick reminder, um, if you want to go back, our back catalogue, say it, I'll say it every podcast till the end of time here back catalog better than any podcast out there just saying the list of guests is quite ridiculous so if you have just stumbled across this and you're thinking what on earth is this trust me go back the list is endless alan from alan donald to sir andrew strauss to sir alistair cook to joe root a couple of times it's it's monumental really kevin peterson i mean i'm not going to start going reeling them all off have a look yourself on this podcast feed it's unbelievable um chris before we go we're obviously going to be back um at the end of the second test, talking about that second um, test match and England's famous victory. Uh, before you go, obviously, test matches abroad to think about as well. Absolutely. So we've got um, yeah, we've got the test this winter, which is uh, going to be a five-test series in India, which is going to be amazing. That's January, February next year. But in the lead-up to that, we've got a World Cup in India, which is October time, October, November. The schedule will be out, coming out shortly. Finally, uh, but I know the big one for a lot of people that will be listening to this podcast is Christmas in the Caribbean. I mean, we're going to four fantastic islands, Antigua, Barbados, Grenada and Trinidad. What a fantastic way to spend a gloomy December. Mm-hmm. Um, starts at the start of December, finishes on about the 23rd of December. We've got a range of packages on barmyarmy.com that are they are selling very fast and we are running out of time on those. Um, so if you are interested, book. And don't forget amazing promotion that we did for the first test of the ashes this is ridiculous by the way ridiculous england first in total of 393 pounds we have taken that off the barbados package flying from london staying in the hilton hotel 
um, for a week only. So if you'll be listening to this, there'll be a few days left on it. Make sure you, you get on that now. There's very few places left, but that's £393 each per person off the package. So, yeah, make sure you get on that and make sure you're out in Barbados for a week at Christmas. Here, 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 here. The Ashes continues next week. Of course, the Women's Ashes starts today. We'll be covering everything on the social media channels. We'll be back, of course, with another podcast very soon from Chris Millard and myself, James Gregg. We will speak to you next time. Thanks so much for listening. Network.